So uh, I don't know if you saw it this week, but on on Facebook, I kind of put out an all call, and and uh, I don't I don't I don't do this a lot. I have some of my pastor friends that, that do this quite a bit, but every now and then I'll I'll just throw it out and ask a question and and see what people's responses are and try to incorporate it into my message. And so this week I put out this question on on Facebook, and it was a kind of a two part question about love. And I uh, the first part of the question was this: I asked folks to share. Uh, what are some examples of some grand gestures of love? And, and I really couldn't believe the response that I got. Uh, honestly, I was expecting some answers that were kind of light and, and, and funny. You know, I thought about grand gestures. I was thinking that people would put maybe examples from movies or TV shows or, or songs. Uh, but what I read was, was so deep and, and meaningful and so personal and powerful, it, it really uh, brought me to tears. Uh, there was story after story of, of examples of kindness and, and generosity, of, of compassion and caring for people in, in difficult seasons of life. I, I, I planned on, you know, following up the, the responses with some funny stories and maybe making some jokes about a Hallmark Christmas movies, but, but instead, I heard these stories like, like Travis Brown, how when he was going through cancer treatments, one of his friends sent him a, a $10 gift card, not, not once, but every week as he was going through his treatments so that he could enjoy his favorite restaurant. He shared with me how someone else, a member of this church that has since passed away, wrote him a check for $10,000. Told him he'd probably need some tires and other things throughout the year, but he'd just go ahead and pay for those in advance. I heard stories, I read stories about people who, who donated their kidneys, one to a family member, someone else to a complete stranger. I read the story of a friend of mine who's a pastor in Texas that uh, had a member of her congregation as she was a young pastor pay off all of her student loans so that she could pay her rent. I read the story, uh, someone forwarded to me this story on Facebook, a story of a woman who got a job washing dishes at the nursing home where her husband was a resident so that she could see him during COVID. There were story after story, these real live examples of real love. I wanna encourage you, if you hadn't seen it, go back to my Facebook page this week and read these stories. I promise that you'll be as blessed as I was as you read these stories of love for one another. Anyways, I had to totally change my sermon around in the middle of the week, and I'm so glad I did. I, I truly believe that God had a much better plan than what I originally had in mind. And that's actually what our story, what this sermon, what this uh, sermon series is all about. It's about how God had a plan that's so much greater than anything we could have ever made up or imagined. It was unexpected, and yet it, it met and exceeded all of our expectations. God's plan for the world, God's plan for you and me is to bring hope to God's people, to bring peace to every burdened soul, to bring joy to every loving heart, to bring love to the least and the last and the lost. God did this. God satisfied and surpassed all of our expectations in and through Emmanuel, God with us. 
as a demonstration of God's love for each and every one of us. Uh, today's, like I said, today's week four of our Advent series that we've been doing, and the title of it is God With Us. We've been talking about how Advent, the, the word means coming or arrival, and so we've talked about how Advent is this season of celebrating uh, the God who comes to us as one of us to be with us so that we might be with him now and forever. We've talked about how when Christ comes to us as God with us, he comes bearing gifts, the gifts that we celebrate at Advent, the gifts of, of hope and peace and joy and love, not just now, but forever, because, because, the God has come, because God has come to us in Jesus, we can come to God through Jesus. Amen? Because Christ has come to us to bring us life, life to the fullest, life eternal, life abundant, life together in Christ. That's the hope that we share in Christ. It's the hope that brings peace to all who receive it. It's the good news of great joy that's for all people. And today what I want us to consider is that it's the greatest love story ever told. It outshines Hallmark and all of human history in the height and depth and width and breadth of its love. That's what I want us to talk about today. And speaking of Hallmark, uh, when you think about all the, the storylines or the, the one storyline that's in all the Hallmark uh, movies and, and the whole Hallmark collection, I doubt that you'll very, I doubt very seriously that you'll ever see one that resembles the story that we're gonna read about in our scripture lesson today. Uh, I bet you've never seen uh, one of those movies where it talks about a couple that's engaged to be married, although they've not come together, and yet everything's going well until the, the, the guy finds out that the girl is with child. Uh, that actually uh, sounds a little bit more like Jerry Springer than Hallmark, right? But the, the, the girl tells the guy that the baby is from the Holy Spirit, and, and then the guy uh, sends the girl away. He makes plans to divorce her quietly, and then the story goes from, from Hallmark to, to Highway to Heaven. You remember that TV show, right? Uh, that's what happens next, because the girl and the guy both are visited by an angel, and they're told that the birth of their baby is a central part of God's plan to save God's people. Uh, so the baby's name, the baby's given name is going to be Jesus, which means, Jesus, means uh, God saves, but, but the angel says that they'll also be called, he'll also be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. His life and death will be both a grand gesture and also a living daily demonstration of God's love for the world. What an incredible, unexpected plot line, right? For the greatest love story ever told. That's exactly what happens in our scripture lesson today from, from Matthew's gospel. I want you to hear God's word for us. This is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, this is one of those stories that you've probably heard a thousand times, right? At least once a year. Uh, but today, I want you to hear it uh, afresh. I want you to consider anew uh, the, how this might be one of the greatest love stories ever told. I want you to think about how human Mary and Joseph were, how it was a love that, that moved them not just to grand gestures, but also to daily demonstrations of love. It was a love that moved them beyond emotion to devotion. I think that's a word for us today as we think about the concept of love that that we hear in movies and, and on TV shows and, and, and all over the place. It was a love that moved them beyond emotion to devotion. It, their relationship started with this grand gesture of love, but, but it was sustained by their daily demonstration of love. Just to give you kind of a picture, uh, it alludes to it in the story, but a little bit of the context. Mary and Joseph were, were pledged to be married, which means they had begun the, the three-phase wedding process during that particular time in history and culture. Uh, there were three phases, and I'm not making this up. They, they all start with the letter C. Uh, there was the contract, the consummation, and the celebration. So what we know is the actual wedding today was really the, the culmination of a lot of steps of preparation. And without going into a lot of detail, the contract usually uh, consisted of some grand gestures. It usually involved things like money and livestock and other gifts that were intended to gain the attention and affection of the beloved. And what's important for you to know today is that Mary and Joseph were somewhere between the contract and the consummation phase, uh, which is why this is... Uh, this why they responded the way that they did. Uh, Mary receives the news of Mary, her pregnancy, and then Joseph receives the news as well. And it really gives you a picture and some insight into what an unexpected demonstration of love that Joseph would, would protect Mary from public disgrace, even after her apparent betrayal. Uh, but really, if you think back, uh, even if you kind of take a step back from that, Joseph isn't the only one that demonstrated devotion and love. Think about what an incredible demonstration of love that, that Mary demonstrated, to, to trust God's word from God's messenger, even if it meant uh, laying aside her hopes and dreams for what the future held for her. But if you take a step back even further, they weren't the only ones that were demonstrating love and devotion in this story. If you step back and look at what's going on behind the scenes, you see the main character of this story, which is the main character of all the stories in Scripture. What an un unbelievable demonstration of love that God demonstrated in this story to come to us as one of us, to live with us and die for us even when we turned away, even when we remained unfaithful. Paul describes it so 
clearly and powerfully in his letter to the Romans. Do you remember that powerful verse? We say it every time that we take communion together. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, the good news of God's grace is that God has come to us as one of us in order to save us in and through his giving us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, God with us. It's the good news of God's grace that's yours and mine in Christ. Amen? And and here's the other thing. It goes beyond that. As as followers of Christ, we receive that love, the the demonstration of God's love for us in Christ. But then uh, the second half of the gospel is that we are called to be carriers of Christ's love to others. Just like Mary, we're, we're receiving that, this gift that, that we share with the world. We're, we're called to not let Mary and Joseph be the only ones that demonstrate that kind of devotion and love. God calls each one of us to move beyond love as an emotion, to love as a daily devotion to God and others. And the gospel writer, John, who refers to himself as the disciple who Jesus loves, tells us how to do it. Listen to this. This is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 17. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. The love of God is conceived in us. And we have seen and testified that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Once again, he says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. I want you to hear this last sentence. I think it's so important on how we live this out. It says, in this world, we are like Jesus. That's what it looks like. In this world, we are like Jesus. God so loved the world. And we are called to love one another. You remember the, the Facebook posts that I told you about? There were two parts to the question. The first question was, what are some examples of grand gestures of love? But the second part of the question was, what are some examples of daily demonstrations of love? And once again, I was, I was blown away by the responses. Once again, I heard story after story that were so personal and powerful of daily examples of this extravagant kind of love. 
People shared stories of making coffee for their, their spouse each morning as a daily demonstration of love. People shared about showing up. Someone shared about people showing up with a meal or to clean out their refrigerator or to simply be with them after they were grieving the loss of a loved one. There were stories about taking out the trash and, and doing the dishes and caring for an aging spouse or a, or a sick child or, or the process of adoption or the process of reconciliation. There were these simple acts of kindness and generosity that were done so compassionately and so consistently that they demonstrated love to someone else so, so powerfully that, that their lives were deeply impacted enough to share with everyone else so that we might be blessed. That's, that's how love works. It's so contagious. Whether it was the grand gestures or the daily demonstrations, there was this one theme that ran through all the posts that I read on Facebook this week. And it was this, it was people. Ordinary people, just like you and me. They were describing and that they were demonstrating a love that was selfless, sacrificial, and servant-oriented. It was a love that went far beyond emotion to a deep, determined, daily devotion. And all, these, all those examples were expressions of the love that we celebrate during this Christmas Advent season. And not just during this season, but all the time. It's, it's the foundation of our faith, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have life, everlasting life, eternal life. It's the gospel. It's the good news of God's grace that's it's yours and mine that, that we need to hear during this season and every season of life that the world needs to hear. Amen? I want to leave you with this today. This is kind of the, the application. I want you to think about this and pray about it and, and maybe keep it with you in your heart and your mind this week as we think about what to do with this, this love, this gift that's been given to us in Jesus Christ. What can we do? to move beyond emotion to devotion, to, to love as both a grand gesture and as a devoted daily demonstration? What would it look like for you and me this week to move from love as simply an emotion to love as devotion to God and others? What would it look like for us this week to live our lives so that in this world, we are like Jesus? Remember what Jesus said? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What would it look like for us to decide that today, that in this world, we're gonna be like Jesus? You know, the truth is, the ability to love one another like Christ loves us begins with us opening ourselves up to receive that gift of God's love for us in Jesus. Maybe, maybe there's someone here today or, or online that, that needs to take that step of faith today to receive the gift of God's love for you. Because what happens is, and 
And maybe you know this, as, as God's love grows in you, it begins to overflow through you as, as we extend kindness and care and generosity and support to others in Christ. Sometimes it's a, it's a small step of, of service and, and sacrifice for others. Other times it requires a big leap of faith. Well, what, what might that look like for you today? Whether it's opening yourself up to the love of God being received in you or, or open yourself up to, to being the love of God to someone else. You can know this. You can trust this. Whenever we step out in faith to love, you can be certain that God is with you, that God is with us. That's, that's what this is all about. That's why we, we, uh, we celebrate this season of Advent of Christ coming because God is the God of, of the grand gesture and the daily demonstration. It's God's love that never fails. It never ends. It will make a way where there seems to be no way. And whatever you're facing in this season or every, any season of life, God's love is greater than anything that we might have to face. We can be sure of it. I want to I close today with, with a prayer from Paul's letter to the Ephesians because it's such a powerful example of God's love for us. It reminds me of of some conversations that we have with our kids. Maybe, maybe you've had these kind of conversations before. We have these conversations with our kids about, about how much we love one another. And it usually starts with, with one of them saying something like, uh, Mom and Dad, how, how much do you love me? And uh, my wife has this little saying. She says, you know, always, she always says, I love you to the moon and back. And I always say, you know, we'll always love you. We always will, no matter what. Uh, and... Uh, and usually after we say that, uh, the response that we get from one of our kids is usually like, well, I love you that much plus, uh, plus one or plus 10 or plus 10,000, right? Then it, begins, then it begins the negotiations, right? It's, well, I love you 10,000 10, times more than that. And then 10,000 becomes 10 million and then 10 million becomes uh, infinity and then it becomes Google and then it becomes Google times infinity. Have y'all been, y'all had this conversation before? It's like we're trying to test the limits of, of the love that we have for one another. And then it finally ends by acknowledging that, that there's this love without limits. And I think it points us to this prayer that I'm going to read for you today. I think I, that's why I love Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 so much. Because it reminds us that whatever concept of love we have, whatever we've seen in movies or heard in songs, however great our understanding of love is, God's love is greater. God loves us with a love that's without limits. A love that longs to be in relationship with us forever. A love that has gone to great lengths to come to us, to be one of us, to be with us so that we might be with him, so that we might find hope and peace and joy and love in him forever. So as the band comes up, I want to close with this prayer for you and for me today. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
as we sing our closing song today, the altars are going to be open. Uh, you're welcome to come and pray. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. If you're ready to make a decision to, to respond to the love of Christ in a, in a significant way today, I'd love to, to help you with that decision. Uh, whatever, whatever God's putting on your heart today, I just want to invite you to use these last few minutes to allow God to, to speak to you and allow you to respond. So, so would you stand as we sing?